Welcome to OK-ish, a podcast all about mental health in the modern world. I'm Mary Ellen Dance, a licensed mental health therapist, here to strip away misunderstandings about therapy and share exactly what I do in an honest way. Don't worry, you won't hear inspirational quotes or be told to spend more time doing self-care. I'm here to get to the real stuff using my own experiences as a therapist and as a really messy human being. Come and laugh at yourself with me as you learn not how to become great, but how to become okay-ish. It's okay-ish Wednesday. So glad you're here with me. Before we dive into all that fun stuff, just a reminder to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. And follow me on Instagram at Maryland Dance. Also be sure to check out the OK-ish journal on Amazon. I am working through my OK-ish journal with two of my girlfriends, and it's been really fun. It sparked some great conversations, and it definitely holds us all accountable. All right, so today is the last day of March. Thank goodness, by the way. Does anyone else feel like March is always the longest month? (laughs) Anyways, this month, I've been focusing on some pretty serious topics. I mean, we had the anniversary of COVID. We've also talked about self-harm and mental illness and kids and suicide and really, really tough, but important topics. And so initially, I wanted to make today a little bit lighter because of all of that. But then I realized that yesterday was Bipolar Awareness Day. By the way, I learned from doing some research on this episode that Vincent Van Gogh suffered from bipolar disorder. I didn't know that. But anyways, so since yesterday was bipolar awareness disorder, and it's a super important thing to be aware of and talk about, I guess I'll have to be a bit more lighthearted next week so we can talk about bipolar disorder this week. And I mean, this is a podcast about mental health, so I guess some serious topics are expected. So on that note, bipolar disorder, have you ever, or maybe you've done this yourself, been annoyed with a friend who is maybe, you know, having a mood swing or acting a little dramatic and you say, oh my gosh, they're so bipolar. This makes me cringe. And unfortunately, It's fairly common for people to say that. I feel like I've heard that a lot. Or I'll hear people say something like, what's wrong with you? You're like bipolar. Public service announcement to the world. Someone being moody, someone being dramatic, someone doing something you don't like does not, I repeat, does not make them bipolar. Holy cow. Bipolar disorder is not having mood swings. Having a mood swing is called a mood swing. Another thing that absolutely makes my brain explode is the commercials. Ugh. Do you or someone you know have manic depression? It's not called manic depression. It's not. It's called bipolar disorder. It used to be called manic depression, but the name was changed to bipolar disorder in 1980. That was 41 years ago. It drives me absolutely wild. These commercials prescribing medication for bipolar disorder, don't you think they should know to use the correct freaking name? Oh my gosh, it drives me nuts. 
Fun fact, actually, the name was changed in 1980 because having the word manic in the name led to people using the word maniac, which obviously led to a stigma. So that was actually why the name was changed. Now, as you'll see in this episode, we still have a lot of work to do on the whole stigma thing. But oh my gosh, those commercials drive me nuts. <laughs> all right, so now that I'm off my soapbox of all the things that annoy me regarding stigmas and speech around bipolar disorder, let me share what it actually is. And as always, a reminder, this is a very brief overview. I am not an expert. This is not medical advice. You know, all, all that stuff. So first of all, there are two types of bipolar disorders. Bipolar Disorder 1 and Bipolar Disorder 2. Very creative names. People with both Bipolar 1 and 2 experience depressive episodes. Now, someone can experience a depressive episode and not have bipolar disorder. That means they have some type of depression. If someone experiences depressive episodes and never experience manic episodes, that means they have some type of depression. What makes bipolar different than depression is that the depressive episodes are followed by manic episodes. Bipolar 1 means that the person has depressive episodes followed by manic episodes. And bipolar 2 means that the person has depressive episodes followed by hypomanic episodes. Now let me just chat a second about manic versus hypomanic episodes. Manic episodes last a week or longer, and the person feels uncontrollably high energy. People who experience manic episodes may spend their time awake for days at a time. They may engage in high-risk behaviors like gambling or risky sexual behaviors, stuff like that. Hypomania, on the other hand, is usually shorter and less severe. Hypomanic episodes usually last only a few days and can be seen more like increased energy, talkativeness, distractibility, irritability, things like that. So people with bipolar 2 disorder have never experienced a manic episode, but do experience hypomanic episodes and vice versa. Typically, bipolar 2 is a little bit less severe because the hypomanic episodes are shorter and do not usually go along with as risky of behaviors as manic episodes. Again, it gets a little bit confusing, but that's just the, the overview. And now I've been saying the word episode a lot. <laughs> Sorry about that. Episode, episode, episode. But what I mean by that is not like switching from depression to mania in an hour. Depressive episodes often last for weeks, months, or years. They last for a long time. Like I said, manic episodes are usually a week or longer, and hypomanic episodes are usually just a few days, and then the depression typically begins again. So it's longer periods of time than people think. Again, that's not a mood swing, right? It's these long periods of time. And you know, there are lots of theories on the causes of bipolar disorders. I won't go into this because a lot of it has to do with like serotonin levels in the brain and structures in the brain and all of that stuff. But there is a big genetic component to bipolar disorders. Typically, it runs in the family, which frankly is that way with a lot of mental health disorders, but not all the time. 
Treatment for bipolar disorders changed drastically in the 1970s when a thing called mood stabilizer drugs came into existence. So here's the deal with that and why I'm talking about it. Depression medications, which are often given to people with bipolar disorder, make bipolar disorder worse. And it happens. People are misdiagnosed with bipolar disorder all the time. Because like I said, depressive episodes can last for months or years. So it makes sense to see someone in a depressive episode and like prescribe them an antidepressant. But it's actually wild because antidepressants actually make bipolar disorder worse because they can trigger manic episodes. Isn't that so interesting? It's sad to think about, but you know me, I geek out on this stuff. So I find that fascinating. So anyways, in the 1970s, mood stabilizer drugs were developed and they are awesome, awesome, awesome for bipolar disorder because rather than, you know, if you imagine someone having a high and then like high highs in mania and then low lows in depression, mood stabilizers do what the name says, right? They stabilize that. They help with the person being more stable, being more predictable. They also help the person to not develop more symptoms of bipolar disorder. So if like we can catch it kind of early on, it's great because then it kind of stops the progression in its tracks, if that makes sense. And of course, therapy is great for bipolar disorder. But just a little interesting, I feel like we hear a lot about drugs. And again, I do not prescribe medications. I am not a doctor. But just kind of knowing a little bit about this helps our understanding. Now that all that kind of education is out of the way, I want to tell you guys that I actually know someone very, very close to me who has bipolar 2 disorder, the one with hypomania. And for various reasons, he is not on this podcast with me, but I did ask him if he wanted you listeners to know anything about bipolar disorder, right? And if he wanted to share anything. And it's interesting, he was so excited about being able to share some of the stuff that I'm about to say, because he said that oftentimes he feels like he has all this useless knowledge about bipolar disorder because people don't, people don't want to hear it. People don't want to learn about it because it sounds scary and we don't understand and people kind of shy away from it. So he was really excited that I'm going to share some things today with you. And he said a lot of things about bipolar disorder, but I want to summarize a little bit. So regarding the stigma, He said that people with the diagnosis, people who have bipolar disorder, know there's a stigma. (laughs) It's not a secret. And that people with the diagnosis often have a stigma too. So he explained that growing up, a family member of his had bipolar disorder. And he never wanted to be like that family member. And then when he was in his early 20s, he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder himself. And he immediately got worried that he was going to have the same symptoms that this family member of his had. He also said that when he was diagnosed in his early 20s, even though he had a family member with his disorder, because it manifests itself so differently in different people, he didn't really know much about it. Like he knew what the movies and TV say, just like we all know that. 
And he said that when he was given this diagnosis of bipolar disorder, he thought he was dangerous because that's what he knew from like the movies and TVs. So even though he had never had a thought of hurting himself or hurting anyone else or anything like that with his diagnosis, he got worried that, you know, all of a sudden he was going to become dangerous and hurt other people. FYI, that's not a symptom of bipolar. That's a symptom of the stigma, right? That fear and that worry. He said this, and I quote, a common theme and a socially projected problem with bipolar disorder is, oh, they committed a crime. It's because they're off their meds. So that means they're an immediate threat to society. He said, there's some truth to that, but imagine getting diagnosed with bipolar disorder while having these stigmatized thoughts. He said, I'm not bipolar, and I obviously haven't been on meds because I was just diagnosed, so does that mean I'm dangerous? That thought went through my head, and it's a genetic disorder, so I had a personal experience with someone with bipolar, and I didn't want to be like that, which led to more denial and more stigma. So it was really interesting for me to hear all of this because he said that he felt ashamed of this disorder, that he still does to an extent. You know, if you have a friend that's depressed, people would typically be supportive of that friend, maybe check in on that friend. But when he started slowly telling people that he had bipolar disorder, people would respond by looking at him frightened. And he admitted to me that when the doctor that first diagnosed him with bipolar disorder, he kind of looked at the doctor frightened because he didn't know what it meant either. So he explained that because of these things, for a long time, he wouldn't take his medication and he wouldn't go to the doctor and he wouldn't go to his therapist or he wouldn't be completely truthful about his symptoms because he was in denial. He wanted to ignore it because he didn't want to have bipolar disorder because it was scary. I work with people with bipolar disorder and no one had ever said it to me quite like that. You know, that the reason that they were not truthful was because they were scared. And like, do we want people with mental health disorders to be scared? Like, of course not. So he said, and this is another quote, I've had fairly recognizable bipolar to a trained professional, but I didn't think I had it because of what I thought I knew about it from the media. So once I stopped being in denial about how my brain was actually working and started listening to the trained professionals, that helped. But getting out of denial sucked because it wasn't until bipolar took a bat to my life that got me out of denial. So kind of summarizing that quote, it wasn't until bipolar disorder got really, really bad that he was able to kind of not be in denial about it anymore. He also mentioned that with his bipolar disorder specifically, he was able to sometimes hide it. Like I said, he has bipolar 2 disorder. So sometimes the symptoms were subtle enough that he could just kind of like hide a hypomanic episode. And he thinks that a lot of others who struggle with bipolar disorder are often able to do kind of the same thing. So he shared that he's at a point where he can predict his moods a little bit better Partly because of the medication he takes, partly because of being in therapy, and partly because of just like learning about himself and his own signs and triggers and what it means and what bipolar disorder is. He said that a big struggle for him is in the past he would not be able to tell when his mania was coming on, which made things difficult, like 
keeping a steady job, following through with commitments, stuff like that, because he wasn't able to tell those hypomanic episodes until he was in them. So as I mentioned, he is diagnosed with bipolar 2 disorder, which is typically a little bit less severe. I know that with bipolar 1 disorder, people often stop taking their medications or going to therapy. Also, because being in a manic episode, manic episodes are productive. (laughs) It's common for people with bipolar disorder to be very intelligent and very artistic. So being in a manic episode is good for that, right? Like stay up for three days straight to write or paint or work or do whatever it may be. Obviously, that's really dangerous, but I know that that often sometimes goes through people's heads. So just wanted to share some well-known people who have come out about their bipolar disorder diagnoses include Mariah Carey, Carrie Fisher, Mel Gibson, Kurt Cobain, Ernest Hemingway, Patty Duke, and Selena Gomez. Winston Churchill was also thought to have had it, but it's hard to know exactly because, again, we know so much more about the diagnosis now than we did back then. That's a short list. I am sure there are a lot of other well-known people who have bipolar disorder. That is just a short list of who I know who has been open about it. So the point of this episode is to make you think twice. To make you think twice when you hear about a diagnosis and assume that person is dangerous. To make you think twice when you hear about a diagnosis and assume you know about it because you've seen it in a movie. Because even in the mental health world, we're still learning a lot about bipolar disorder. Again, it can manifest itself in different ways for different people, and so there's still a lot to be learned. But, you know, something all these people with a bipolar diagnosis have in common, it's not that they're dangerous. It's that with support and a decreased stigma, they can be really okay-ish. Disclaimer. This podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure. Any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests. If you disagree with any content presented herein, please find another show before submitting nasty grams. This is a positive vibes only platform. If you love our show and want to connect, share your experiences, or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.